Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite co-host, Dan the Mandarin. Dan, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really looking forward to geeking out on this one today. It's something that's very near and dear to me and I have my own whole set of issues that I'm hoping to, to learn more from our guest about. I know. So this is completely up your alley because you love running, Mr. Triathlete, Mr. Ultra Marathoner. Whereas you know me, I'm like your complete opposite. I don't even run when being chased. <laughs> However, I am becoming a convert. But yes, we have an amazing guest with us today. He serves as the head barefoot movement coach for Vivo Barefoot. And he also started his training career and, and does a lot with running technique and evaluating balance, posture, and improving the function of our running and our feet. Um, so I'm super interested in this topic as well, even though I don't don't run, but I, again, I'm becoming a convert just because I understand the mechanics of it. We have with us Mr. Ben LaVacant. Hello, Ben. Well done. You got it right. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Said his name right. Yes. <laughs> Ben's much easier. So yeah, wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And um, yeah, looking forward to talking feet, footwear, running, movement, mechanics. Yes, and I kind of told you a little bit offline before we started recording today that Ben has a ton of videos on YouTube. So if you're interested in this topic, search his name, guys. Look up his name on YouTube. I've watched a couple of these videos no less than 10 times. Super interesting the way that you can watch somebody run, just analyze the video, break down you know where their mechanics are, what they can do better, but also the importance of their shoes when it comes to running posture. But before we dive into all that, let's start back from the beginning. Let's take us back to when you were just a baby. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Give us a little background, Ben, about your, your start as a personal trainer. Yeah, so um won't go as far back as a baby, otherwise it's <laughs> like accounting, but there'd be lots of skateboarding and BMXing and fun stuff in there. Oh, as well. I like it. Um, but yeah, let's say uh, I, I became aware of Vivo Barefoot when I was working for their um, bigger brand, as it were, Terraplana in 2007. I joined in kind of sales and brand management. And fairly quickly after I joined, I started wearing these funny barefoot shoes, these Vivo barefoots, um, and I didn't want to take them off. And simply put, I'd had a bad back for a long time, um, certainly 10 years at that point. I think I was in my early 30s, but I, and a few years before that, I'd had a very bad prolapse disc which had kind of you know got better over time um but I hadn't really done a great deal about it and when I started to wear vivos my back got a lot better you know I went from because you have to stand at trade shows all day I went from having back pain to standing all day sitting down for two minutes standing up like I hadn't been standing all day 
um you know and it was quite an emotional thing really my my mum kind of had a bad back my dad had a bad back my brother had a bad back I thought I was in for a life of bad backs of course then you know you learn about these things and and realize there's more to it than your family history it's more to do with how you move and all the rest of it but that um change in me certainly sparked you know a, a, a motivation and inspiration to to learn more about it um, and people were starting to wear Vivos for ultra marathons at the time. So we wanted to learn more about it. We were um, with some coaches who were teaching us. And then of course the Born to Run book came out. So in, in 2009 at the Born to Run book launch in London, um, we asked some questions. We met a very knowledgeable biomechanist who ultimately helped to put into order that which we were experiencing, which is the, the point of science. So, um, yep, yeah, we, we learned a lot about feet and biomechanics. And, you know, it was amazing using plantar pressure plates to see the visual representation of how people are loading their feet um, and also how quickly you could improve people's technique by retuning them or reconnecting them with their feet and also giving them biofeedback as in no one's doing what they think they're doing it's so important that we get video feedback um so yeah i had a i had a very quick kind of or rather intense um apprenticeship of analyzing hundreds of runners who'd been through courses that we were teaching and also feet in, in our store in London and at trade shows, so thousands of feet. Um, so then I put on a clinic in New York for a triathlete who'd been in touch. He brought a chiropractor along. The chiropractor was like, what's this barefoot nonsense? Um, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't run, it's bad for your knees. I can't squat, you know, and um, we discussed it. He loved it. He moved better at the end of the day. And he was a forward thinking chiropractor who immediately you know, dawned on him, all of my clients could benefit from a plantar pressure plate assessment and checking their posture and how we walk and how we move. So I got to go and work as his movement skill kind of guy um, for, yeah, about a year in 2013. And that was when I did the video that, that you mentioned before, the one at Techno Gym, which I have to mention was with the wonderful Josh Holland, who has been a long time Vivo Barefoot ambassador. He's a great trainer um, in, in New York and is affiliated with Techno Gym and various other bits and bobs, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so, and since then, I have run with a ton of clients back in the UK. You know, some people walk dogs, I run people. Um, <laughs> as it were, yeah, I did a career running people. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I did for, I did for a, um, a couple of years. Um, up until three or four years ago, I started to get more involved with Vivo again and do coaching in store um, and then get more involved in the business. And, and now we have this Vivo Health platform with courses we'll talk more yeah. about that um that was is is the main focus at the moment yeah that's awesome and i think it's amazing that you're talking about like how it makes you feel better when you have this you know capability to be barefoot and how you felt that yourself because i always tell people life sucks when your teeth hurt and your feet hurt <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. i mean as they as the saying goes if you want to forget all your other pains wear too tight shoes yeah <laughs> Yeah. So true. Um, 
Yeah, um, I should mention as well. Well, while in while in New York, I did have the because we were putting on clinics for the American Council on Exercise at the time. So I qualified as the PT with ACE and um, did their functional training specialist course as well. Actually, when I got back to the UK a couple of couple of years later, um, yeah. This nice. is fascinating, and 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 Ben, your story really resonates with me. I experienced something very similar, uh, 12 years of chronic back pain mm. to, I mean, loads of specialists, UC Davy, Davis, you know, back, uh, doctors that are the best, you know, uh, in the world, certainly, uh, maybe, uh, it, they're known for their specialty in, uh, orthopedics. They all told me the same thing. You're not 18 anymore. So mm. trying to do stuff like you're 18 and I was only 27, 28. Uh, but the deal is I wore boots. I wore boots with heels, you know, doing construction all my early life. And then yeah. I went into law enforcement and wore boots. Yeah. I was seated all the time. And when, when things changed was when I went into fitness and dropped it and began doing things barefoot and using barefoot shoes. Uh, I don't have back pain anymore. However, I wore boots for the last two days at a conference. Oh, and my back was killing me at yeah. the end of the night, both days. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, I digress. Tell us about barefoot science. What is the science behind barefoot science and how it applies yeah, to that? Um, I mean, the, the sort of philosophy um, is evolutionary medicine in that um, if you place a species in its natural habitat, it will thrive. If you remove it from its natural habitat, it will suffer from disease and dysfunction. So evolutionary biology would then state human beings were ultimately hunter gatherers for the vast majority of our lifetime um, of our history. And during that period, you know, it, people consider it as a bit of a romantic notion. And certainly it wasn't. We're not, no one thinks it was easy. I've been enjoying watching um, programs about the Kalahari Bushmen and for sure they cover some distance. It's not. However, they had good air, clean water, food when they could get it, you know, um, good sleep and great social interaction. And it's those fundamentals and, of course, a huge, huge, huge amount of movement, um, you know, and the movement is key for the human physiology. Yeah. So if we deviate from any of those requirements of our evolutionary physiology, then we're going to have an issue so that's really where the science kind of comes in and then you can delve deeper into um biomechanics the forces and, and shapes and how footwear affects not only our foot posture but our whole body posture and our movement skill um you know i like to think of posture not as a static thing people think about posture that's just how you stand but actually posture is just another way of describing movement skill or technique or gait because as you'll tell when someone stands, as you see, when someone stands on a frontal pressure plate, there's no such thing as standing still. You're constantly moving around and checking your balance and, yeah. um, you know, and it wouldn't be good for us to stand I, perfectly still. Um, so, yeah. There's, and then, of course, we, um, we get into more about, um, so there's a huge about about feet and understanding the different subsystems of feet, let's say. So 
Within feet, there are, of course, bones, 28 bones, 33 joints, over 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments. And then, you know, it's all encased in that beautiful sensory feedback mechanism, um, plantar fascia, cutaneous receptors in the skin, and all of these things are providing information. It's not just, well, there are sensory receptors included in the joint capsules, as well as the muscles and the tendons, not just the nerves, as it were. You know, so yeah, feet feet are very important for movement. And um, at Vivo Barefoot, we think that movement starts with your feet, but it's not only about foot pain, as you and I know, it's also hugely about back pain and yeah, knee pain. Yeah, it affects everything straight up the chain. And yeah, my story is slightly different than Dan's. Like I didn't start off wearing necessarily bad shoes, but all before I was in high school, I had three surgeries on my feet. Um, two on one foot and one on the other, three bunion removals, basically. I know bunions are like a dirty word, but they're more common than people think, actually. And I was well, always that old. I have them. Like, do you I mean, it's, yeah. one of my it's one of my favorite subjects, unfortunately. Not that I have, unfortunately, I do not have bunions. But do you know there are 600,000 four-foot surgeries in America every year? 600,000. Now, guess what percentage are performed on women? Like 80%. 90. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Now, women's feet aren't inherently weaker than men's. Unfortunately, they just get a worse end of the of the sort of, uh, you know, shoe design. Um, the, the industry, the industry acknowledges that 75 percent of those surgeries are because of bad shoes. Wow. So presumably most almost all of the other 25 percent are accidents. Huh. Because so feet. are. If you look after your feet. And, you know, we can talk about what a shoe should do. It should protect you from sharp things, hot and cold things, um, and give you grip. Yeah. But the, the crucial bit is it needs to do those three without affecting your range of motion or your sensory feedback. So it doesn't deform your foot or weaken your foot or change your movement skill. Um, you know, and unfortunately, there are hardly any shoes out there that do that, which is why we end up with these ridiculous amount of surgeries. And, and you know, further than that, it's it's reported, it's normal now for kids to have bent big toes. When they do the read, there was a research done in, in Vienna, in Austria, on preschool children. So these are three to four year old kids. And it was about 70% uh, of them had bent big toes and they did a similar research in Japan and it was even higher. It was like 85, you know. So yes, I hear you. It's, it's, it's shocking that we end up having surgeries, you know, in our childhood for bunions. See, so what I'm hearing you say then is that Crocs are not shoes. <laughs> I tell my athletes that all the time. Kids walk into the gym with Crocs on and then put on their shoes. Like, why are you? I mean, and then one parent came up to me and was like, "Oh, my kid has foot problems and she's having knee issues." And I looked at her shoes and I was like, "Well, first of all, she's not wearing shoes." And I was like, oh, she has Crocs on. I was like, "Also, not shoes." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, you know, the, the ultra. We have a Vivo barefoot style called the ultra, which is like a performance Croc. In all fairness, although I like, I don't know. Yeah. It. it it's probably going through a little rework at the moment. I'm not sure about the um, um, stock availability of that. We, we're selling record amounts of things at the minute, by the way. We had a record record last week on the Geo Race Knit. It absolutely awesome. it absolutely flew out. Um, but yes, it's just not right that people think bunions are hereditary and it's not acknowledged or, or known about with kids to give them footwear that's big enough. And, and you know... Um, 
yeah, it's it's pretty criminal and pretty upsetting, really. Yeah, it's hard. My like, I have a fifteen year old nephew, and every time I like a birthday or a holiday comes up, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna get him some shoes. What size shoe is he? Like, you need to get him a now like resized every couple of months because they grow so fast. But like most kids will just continue to wear shoes that are too small. You're absolutely yeah. correct. And then as adults, we find shoes that are quote, quote, cute. I'm using air quotes here, right? They're cute. But like, I'm a sneakerhead. I'm not going to lie, Ben. If you saw my closet, you'd probably be like, all right, we're throwing away all of these except for your two, three pair of Evo Barefoots. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I buy them because they're cute, not because like they make my foot feel good or because like my foot's in a certain position. And like, sometimes I wear running shoes just to like walk around and I feel myself leaning forward. I'm like, why am I wearing these shoes? I don't even know if this is the best shoe for me. But your I've foot got lots of Jordans good. and Vans. Yeah, but I look stylish though. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I have I have lovely pairs of Jordans. I used to love Jordan yeah. Four, but unfortunately they 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 also went with my back bang, you know. And that's the thing. My brother was the boss of Vans in Europe, so I had plenty of Vans as well. But you know, I'm, I mean, it is what it is. And they're thinner, but this is it. It's got to be wide, thin, and flexible. So a Croc is pretty wide, and it's probably quite flexible, but it ain't thin. So you you spongy as hell. So you're yeah. gonna give yourself knee problems. You know, any spongy sole encourages you to overstride walking or running. Yeah, which is going to put more impact forces into your shin and your knee. Um, you know, so the research shows the more you cushion the foot, the leg stiffens to attenuate, to counteract that cushioning under the foot. Yeah. We walk softer when we're barefoot. Yeah. So like the Vivo barefoot shoes, for example, they still have obviously the rubber sole. They still have yeah. some shape to them, but they're a little bit wider to allow your foot to spread, which it naturally does. Um, and I noticed that they do run a little big, again, to give your foot some room in the shoe. But then what kind of support does it have inside for like your foot or is there any? Absolutely nothing. You know, that's the goal. The goal of Vivo is to do as little as little shoe as possible. Um, you know, and science backs it up. Right. When we've done the research, we we, we compared the balance and um, physical function of older people, probably over 40s, like myself, um, you know, and even those who'd suffered falls. And funnily enough, they they perform better. They've got better balance and physical function in vivo compared to a sketches, you know. And the other one that we did on younger people is done on students. And this wasn't there was no exercise intervention. They didn't have to do anything. They weren't running in them. It was just wear them day to day, walking them for six months. Walking in them improved their toe grip strength, so ultimately foot strength, 60% in six months. Oh, wow. Now, you, you've got to say, like, these shoes don't do anything. Vivo Barefoot, and I should, we like to talk, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but normal shoes versus natural footwear, um, you know, Vivo doesn't do anything. So how come going, what does it say about the developments of multi-billion dollar shoe companies when you go back to wearing footwear that is just wide, thin and flexible with no arch support and your foot gets a lot stronger just by walking in, yeah. you know, which is again, why we, we say the most important thing to do is to wear them day to day. Unfortunately for your, you know, your sneaker, sneaker uh, <laughs> fetish. Um, yeah. You know, I know, I know. Can, can it's you a, it's expand a on that a little bit more, Ben? Natural versus normal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, normal we like to consider as um, uh, what is most prevalent in society, and ultimately, natural would be that which we have done for 
the majority of our evolutionary history. We've worn footwear for 40,000 years. It's crucial for, you know, inhabiting the worlds. You need it when it's hot, when there are sharp things underfoot, when it's cold, but natural footwear, be it an Indian or an African sandal or a beautiful winter boot made out of reindeer. The, um, the Sami tribe make, make amazing boots. They, they stitch them together with the tendons of the reindeer. They're, oh, they're wow. grass filled, they're super warm, you know? Um, so those shoes, sorry, the natural footwear all works with the foot. This is the point. So they are, they're not trying to disturb the way the foot works. They're just giving it thermal protection, protection from sharp things and grip if it's needed. Now, normal cushion shoes today, they uh, have various embellishments that are ultimately trying to improve the foot or rather do the job of the foot. And by trying to do the job of the foot, they stop the foot from being able to do its job and it gets deformed and weaker. So, you know, Vivos are flat. They don't have a heel. They don't have a toe spring. Again, with, with a heeled footwear which was designed for running originally because people were having Achilles issues in the 70s um you know but I'm not sure you're ever supposed to walk with a, a heavy heel strike in a foot in shoes which have a higher heel than the forefoot it's going to encourage you to overstrike. if you take off from a lower platform than you're landing on you're always going to hit the floor slightly earlier than you would do slightly further away from your body which is going to increase those impact forces if you're doing that in a shoe that's narrow your big toe is being pushed in towards the others when the big toe gets pushed in there's a great research paper passive hallux um hallux, passive hallux adduction um limits blood flow in the foot so you're reducing the blood flow into the tibial nerve the abductor hallucis which is arguably one of the most important muscles in the foot the one that pulls the big toe out and helps to control the arch that um, is going to get weaker. Um, you know, this then can lead to obviously Morton's neuromas, extra pressure in the middle of the foot, bunions, all of these foot problems. Arch support has been shown to reduce running economy because you're limiting the function of one of the most efficient springs, or the, the, the most efficient spring in the human body, the arch of the foot. Um, you know, and cushioning again, just reduces that sensory feedback so we haven't got as much information to balance fair yeah. Yeah. so now you're now you're talking my language you're talking about you know shank angle and all these other things that i've been learning a lot about um because i've been <laughs> neck deep in running content which is awesome and it's it's so interesting to me even as somebody who doesn't run i did used to coach it um, when i coached at orange theory we run we row and there's a weight room and i used to right. coach running and it's funny because I used to coach people to land a little bit more on their midfoot, stay off their heels, be gentle on the treadmill. You shouldn't be making a ton of noise. But I never actually, I'm ashamed to say it, I never did a ton of research on running form and technique. I just knew that. I knew the biomechanics of the body. And I knew that that, yeah. that can't be good for you. Like you will feel that in your knees. But as soon as you switch, all of a sudden they're like, my calves are sore. Well, you're, now your calves are actually working and not your knees. Your posterior chain starts to work more, right? So I just knew that aspect of it. And that's how I coached it. But sadly enough, like I could have been a 10 times better run coach than I already was if I had learned more about the actual stride. Um, yeah. The mechanics of the stride. It's, it's interesting. If we taught swimming like we teach running, there'd be a lot of uh, kids who didn't make it to the other side of the pool. As in, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't, teach, we don't teach running, right? And, and it's like the, the industry, to some extent, will say technique, you know, I won't say it doesn't matter, but 
we're all different. We all have a slightly different technique. Here's your training plan. Wrong way around. We're all, you know, subjects to gravity. We're all um, need to obey those natural laws. And our training plan, on the other hand, is going to be absolutely specific to us and every second of our you know, life and injury history and ability to adapt and needs to be flexible to somewhat, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned, of course, in like coming into this career that you've made for yourself. And then of course, along the way, train the training people and looking at videos, you've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of feet, right? And lots I've of seen people. Lots of feet. I don't know about thousands and thousands and thousands. Who knows? There's a few thousand. <laughs> I've definitely seen over a thousand, many, many thousands of feet. Yeah. Yes. So what are some of the top inefficiencies that you're seeing in people or that you've seen over time, whether it's with walking and or running? Yeah, I mean, for a start, let's 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 go with standing um, to begin with, uh, you know, and, and aside from whole body posture, the fact that when the majority of people who stand on our pressure plate don't have any toes. So they obviously have toes, but they're not making any any they're not helping their balance. They're not in contact with the floor. So that's an interesting one. The other one is everybody thinks they've got flat feet or they've been told they've got flat feet by a medical professional or someone. Hardly anybody has flat feet. Flat feet is a pathological condition. You know, if your navicular bone is on the floor, that is very different from having a low arch. So not only do people not have flat feet, a low arch is the goal because you want a functional, strong, mobile foot. Um, you know, and, and it's an issue because people have a sort of emotional baggage about the fact they've been told they've got flat feet and this, that and the other. And actually yeah. their, feet are, their, their feet are fine. They need their perhaps a little bit weak because they've been wearing other um, normal shoes, um, you know, and, and there are other things that they can do. But yeah, that's that's a classic. A, a higher arch is harder to kind of regenerate um but you can i had a very high rigid arch and i've got it more elastic over many years of jumping and running and doing doing this stuff um and yeah then when it comes to walking as mentioned a good the, the um mantra we use to analyze is looking at people's posture their rhythm and how relaxed they are and you can apply it to walking or running you know we want a well-aligned posture we don't want to be absolutely bolt upright or not to the extent that we're stiff we want to be um springy and aligned but athletic so that's why we say well aligned rather than um you know upright in terms of rhythm walking will be about two steps per minute and again we don't want to be stepping out way far ahead of us that's what shoes encourage us to do if you, if you take someone's shoes off whether walking or running they generally take a slightly shorter stride because all of a sudden your heel can do its job. Yeah. The job of the human heel is to tell us about the impact forces going into our body. So to cushion it is like putting a blindfold on. Ooh, fair. You know, so as soon as you've done that, you're tricking your body into thinking you're walking around on a soft surface. Now, whilst it, whilst it might be feel fun to wear your Crocs or your spongy, um, you know, <laughs> your spongy whatevers, um, actually, it, it leads to higher impact forces. Your leg stiffens, you stride out, higher impact forces into shin and knee and hip. And again, there's research that shows going barefoot or wearing minimalist footwear will help people who are suffering from knee osteoarthritis. It reduces the pain, yeah? Um, so walking, rhythm, about two steps per second. 
heel stroke rather than heel strike, roll through the foot off the big toe as if you're flicking a little bit of sand behind you as you leave the floor, mm -hmm. not excessively, but just a hint. Um, running, same well-aligned posture, but with a three steps per second, so 180 steps per minute rhythm rather than walking is 120. And of course there are rooms for deviation in these things. It's not like they're absolutely set in stone. You need a marker to aim for, but walking 115 to 125, fine. 175 to 190. And of course, fast runners are gonna go way, way quicker than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are marathon runners that have cadences of plus 200 um, and sprinters, the only people who sprint are really pro sprinters because you're talking cadence sprint, 240, yeah. 240 plus everyone else is running quite fast certainly you know they're not that's, that's a fair statement that's that's fair <laughs> and then the end of that one is being being relaxed as well making sure you know we don't want to be stiff and tense again thinking about sprinters it's always phenomenal to see them in slow motion and see a close-up of their face and their face will be you know bouncing around <laughs> shoulders are relaxed and everything even though they are absolutely flying so you know there's and and attitude as well is is important i think that comes with kind of the the relaxation um element to some extent being grateful i would say all the greatest competitors <laughs> are, are very grateful for the opportunity to uh do what they do I like that. There is a mental component to any kind of fitness. And then, of course, breathing plays into it hugely. Of course, yes. Breathing yeah. very important. Um, you know, interestingly, if you breathe in for slightly longer than you breathe out, if you do it according to steps on the foot, you know, maybe breathe in for three, out for two, in for four, out for three, whatever, doing it that way helps the in and out breath to swap foot. Yeah. Which is good. We're back for another ISSA rapid review. Lydia had this to say about our nutritionist certification. It has been very informative, well laid out and easy to follow. The examination was challenging, but it pushed me to ensure I did the necessary work as it's what's required if one wishes to succeed. You're right, Lydia, and we appreciate you. Thanks. So I have a kind of side question on this. So if somebody has never really run in barefoot shoes or they never really moved around in something like a barefoot shoe or a natural shoe, is it recommended that they just go, go all in and do it every time? Or do they need to slowly build up to it? Like, what are your recommendations if somebody wants to try a barefoot or a natural shoe? I mean, you know, uh, encourage people to spend more time barefoot at home and just around in general. Um, when it comes to walking, um, Irene Davis and research from Harvard kind of said spend six weeks about getting back to your um, say 10,000 steps a day yeah you know which is a which is a fair thing to do we know many many people who when it comes to walking go straight into it and you're okay I mean it depends what you're normal if you're a postman and you're doing 40,000 steps a day then maybe not but um, sure. you know if, 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 if it's somewhere between five to five to ten it's okay you know Progress is always based on recovery. If you've got any foot issues, if you've got any body problems, then of course you've got to be addressing those whilst you're uh, building up your time um, barefoot. But yeah, normally we recommend about six weeks, not necessarily to just build up to your step count, but to get used to it before you go into jumping and start building up to more, you know, vigorous activity, let's say. 
Nice. Okay. So start slow and then move your way into it. And then if it bothers you in any way, like what would you recommend? Like their foot, they're like, oh, my foot actually kind of hurts a little bit. Is it just too much, maybe too much pressure, too much jumping, running, whatever they're doing? It is tricky to, you know, give an answer to that one because of sure. course there are certain, there are certain um, issues, let's say certain um, foot shapes. Like if, if misaligned metatarsals are, uh, or it can be a particular problem and they're a problem whatever footwear you're wearing you know arguably they're even worse in a sort of cushioned narrow shoe than they are in a vivo um or a wide thin flexible um footwear but there is an adjustment that you can make which really helps people if they have a longer second metatarsal then there's a very you can put a very small pad underneath their first metatarsal which in effect lengthens it to even out the um load distribution when you're lifting your heel and you're walking you know so so look i was i was hopping into one of my favorite subjects there which is morton's foot but um in terms of people having issues of course it's going to take a bit of time you want to check your foot strength this is why you know we encourage people to go through the kind of seven step um um barefoot fundamentals program just because that's going to tune you in with your feet. You're going to learn a bit about how you're loading your feet. Um, you know, and you're going to, it goes through posture, how to stand, uh, walk, squat, jump, run. Yeah. Well, he's talking about me again. I have Morton's foot as well. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Ben. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll chat offline, I think, so that we don't tie all this up with. Uh, no, no, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, Tell us more about Bebo Barefoot. As the name implies, you specialize in minimalist footwear. Can you talk yeah, a little so, bit about the products and the education? Um, yeah. So Vivo came from a chap in the UK called Tim Brennan. It was um, he was a engineering. I think he was doing an, an engineering degree and. He was a runner and a tennis player, was getting shin splints, having issues with his knees, uh, twisting his ankles as well. And his father was one of the main practitioners. I think he said he writes the books. It's Richard Brennan of the Alexander Technique in Ireland. And he'd, he'd said to Tim, you know, do it barefoot. It's like, dad, my shins and knees hurt. It is, oh, you know, that's mad. But he did. And it was better. Of course, multidirectional sports are tricky in bare feet. So started trying to make his own barefoot wear, gluing soles to socks, ripping the soles off other trainers, didn't really work. Thought, perhaps I'll give my school friend Galahad Clark of Clark's Shoe um, Heritage a call. He might be able to help here. And they got together and Vivo Barefoot was the, um, you know, the culmination of their sort of work. And it was actually his final um, research and that's that's a long time ago now but then um, Galahad's cousin Asher who um, won awards when he was at school for design in Cordwainers in London um, he joined the biz and over you know as we learned more about feet and and footwear I mentioned that we had other brands Vivo was a very small bit when when uh, you know I joined then and over the next few years Vivo clearly became the most important thing for us to do. Um, you know, not that it was easy because it's not easy to go completely against the grain of conventional yeah. wisdom. Um, but we knew that was where we need to go. So in 2012, Vivo Barefoot launched as its own um, company. 
none of the others uh, we got rid of the other kind of styles of shoes um and yeah it's grown now to being a profitable business um you know from nothing to 50 million odd and uh it's a b corp which means it's the, to get a b corp certification they look into every aspect of your business so it's it's you know i mean the, our goal is to be beyond sustainable and be regenerative yeah i noticed uh, that a lot you of know, are, you know, sustainable materials and such. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the, the sort of vision and mission is to reconnect people with the natural world, um, to thrive in nature, starting with reconnecting with our feet. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, it's about regenerative footwear and experiences which bring us closer to nature. So we, we have company get togethers down in Devon in Bantham where Asher and Galahad spent a lot of time now and when they were growing up, it is a stunning place. We do swim runs together. There was last, last in, in last October, um, there was a storm on one of the first nights and literally all the tents blew out of the campsite. So half the company sleep up at the house next to each other in sleeping bags like it was, you know, and then the day after we did a swim run where we ended up swimming for three hours. I've never swum for, it was like definitely double what I'd ever swum before. Luckily I was attached to a, a, a good swimmer, um, <laughs> you know, but it was wonderful. You know, as I said, like the, the, the newer swimmers got supported by um, the more experienced and, you know, it's a fantastic place to be. We really encourage people to go and spend time in nature. We try and live and breathe our vision and, um, you know, ethics. And, and beyond that, we fund lots of scientific research. We could talk about that for 20 minutes of what we've got <laughs> underway, just in terms of kids foot development, um, game and play based exercise programs in schools um kids with autism hiking um as well as i mentioned the earlier ones that we've done in foot strength and balance and what have you so we're very active there um as well as doing crazy things like helping to reintroduce beavers into devon um and sponsoring a company till the coast is clear who go around cleaning all the pollution and what have you and all the waste out of the the coasts around the uk and there's a lot of cultural and um you know diverse um activities that we get into as well um yeah, yeah it's awesome yeah and the business i'll just say that that the business is kind of split up these days into you know outdoor products and active and kids and that's why we're having research that covers all of those bits um you know yeah it's it's great yeah, you guys will use a lot of this research, though, to make coursework now for anybody who wants to, like, learn more about this science. And that we mentioned the fundamentals course already. And, guys, there's going to be a ton of links in the description for this video on YouTube, including yeah. the Barefoot Fundamentals course. But talk to us a little bit about those courses that you've helped create. Yeah, exactly. So the, the fundamentals is aimed at customers who want a, uh, you know, a program a system as it were to help with their transition into barefoot wear and more natural movement so as mentioned it's like seven steps rethink your feet go for a walk barefoot in grass i've been it's amazing actually that a few people listen to me when i i when we've said do that in the course and <laughs> it, it's amazing what a dramatic like life it's a before and after thing if you haven't done it for a long time if you go and walk barefoot on different surfaces for a little while, it's a really wonderful thing. Anyway, so yeah, we encourage people to do that and just look at the shape of their shoes and the shape of their feet and have a think about it. And then go through that program of reconnecting, mobilizing feet, posture, stand, walk, squat, 
we should all squat, you know, squatting is very important. Um, and then jump and run if you're into it. And then to think about what the most important bits of all of that education, that system were for you to create a daily program so that you can focus in, you know, on best bits for you. Yeah. Um, and then there is the movement coach course, which is an accredited course. Yes. Yes. Um, accredited by ISA. Um, and that has got a lot more theory and science in the background as well. So the um, evolutionary medicine that I mentioned, but, you know, even on squatting, on the squatting one, yes, we talk about front squats, back squats, um, and the importance of the um, torques and forces that are going on there, the importance of ankle range, etc., in being able to do a deep squat, but also things like from a evolutionary point of view, it's not that long that we've been using seated toilets. And um, I'm afraid to say things like IBS and IBD, which are highly prevalent in a lot of the Western world, do not exist in places where they do not use seated toilets. Huh. So, you know, like without, without, without getting too far into this conversation, <laughs> you know, um, I'll just mention the puborectalis muscle, which is a muscle that only releases when you're in a deep squat. And let's say if you're not in a deep squat, then it's harder. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's making me think of like the squatty potty. The exactly. That. That. It's the squatty yeah. potty. Yeah, yeah. So we have, we have squatty potties in the I'm office. Not gonna lie. In London, <laughs> you know, um, it's a fantastic thing. You got to, you got to. It's important. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's lots of that, and and we get into a bit of mindset stuff in the course as well, which is, nice. you know, important. Mindset first. The barefoot. The barefoot philosophy. Um, yeah. And there's a lot more courses coming. So that the Vivo Health is a platform. We wanted to put those fundamental, important ones down to help people transition and to help trainers um, coach their clients. The next one, we've got a running course coming where customers will actually be able to get their technique checked. We'll do the same for trainers, where trainers will be able to submit a few case studies with clients to check that they're proficient at doing that. We've got um, a more an even more comprehensive foot and ankle course coming, breathing. Um, yeah, Dr. Stacy Morris is doing the foot and ankle. We've got breathing with Jacko from the School of Calisthenics in the UK. There's Quan who runs Calisthenics is also doing a calisthenics program. We've got phase six movement. And then there are elite trainers who use Vivo with some of the top athletes in the world. And they're gonna give us an insight into how they do that. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, so much good stuff coming. Again, we'll definitely link some of these uh, courses that Ben is talking about in the description for this episode, guys. Definitely check it out. Um, the courses are very reasonably priced too, which is nice. So you can earn your CEUs, learn something valuable, learn about functional feet and effective movement. Um, and that's yeah. what we're talking about, skillful movement and a, um, functional feet. Um, so thank you there so is, much for joining us today, feet. Ben. Sorry, there is an opportunity for trainers once they've been through the course, if they're really into it, if it resonates with them, if they love the footwear, you know, they can kind of um, get involved and potentially be ambassadors or affiliates or what have you oh, as well, cool. um, you know, which is a good way of us kind of, ultimately it's in our, in our um, interest to educate people about it, because the more you know about it, the more likely you are to do it and the better you're going to do it, do it with your clients. Yes, by the way. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know you guys have a lot of good... Um, 
opportunities for that. And I'm on your mailing list, the email list. So every month you guys check, uh, pick like four or five professionals that did like the best social media posts or the best use of the product and things like that. So you guys are always out there looking for people who are using it, loving it and sharing it. And then you guys offer them like special discounts or free products and stuff, which is super cool. Really great way to get the word out. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. A lot of great information. Again, he referenced quite a few different research papers. So I don't know if you saw me, Ben. I was over here typing away. I found them all. So I'm going to leave. Oh, wow. Them. That's quick. Impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, if you need any help there, I've got a few hundred. Yeah, I know. I sure you do. And then you mentioned a couple of books. You mentioned Born to Run and the Alexander Technique. I also have those book recommendations. Um, I'll put the titles and the authors in the description as well for everyone. So thank you for sharing so much great information. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Sorry if I, um, you know, go off on one here and there. Um, no, it's then, awesome. Look, There's a lot to know. There's a lot yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to chat to both of you about your feet. I know, right? <laughs> Dan, any last words for our listeners today? Well, I, I love what Ben said about going for a walk in the grass. It's something that I tried to be more diligent about uh, in the past that uh, I've forgotten about, and I'm looking out my window right now at four acres of lawn that I have to mow every week. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it's supposed to be sunny today. So you know where you'll find me this afternoon, because I'm going to go out there and, and uh, take a walk in the grass. Okay, please be careful, careful mowing the lawn in the right? That I won't do. <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, dangerous. a trainer wouldn't, a trainer wouldn't, wouldn't help if you uh, put your foot in there. <laughs> yeah, Thank anyway. you so much. That's another story yeah absolutely brilliant conversation thank you so much again ben for joining us wonderful great talking to you thank you yes and to all of our listeners out there hopefully you got some really great information again check out the links in the description guys lots of good stuff there for you but as always we encourage you to go forth do what you got to do out there in the world change lives but also make good choices we'll be talking to you soon